Future trading involves risk and is not suitable for all investors. Content provided in this segment is meant for educational purposes and is not a solicitation to buy or sell commodities. Hello and welcome to From the Furrow, where each week we talk with subject matter experts on news and topics affecting the grain markets. I'm your host, Kristen Steen. Let's get started with review of the markets. Today is Friday, September 16th. We no longer have September markets, so new crop December corn is trading down four and a quarter at 673 and a quarter. And November beans are currently down eight and a quarter at 1443 and a quarter. Alrighty, turning to our guest this week, it is our privilege to have Randy Miller. Randy is the newly elected Iowa Soybean Association president. Welcome to the show, Randy. Good morning, Kristen. How's good to, uh, here. good to have you. Good to have you. How's everything down here in Southern Iowa going? Things are good in Southern Iowa. We're just kind of trying to get stuff ready to go to the field and wean calves, daily chores. Busy, busy. Yes. Well, we appreciate you taking time out of your day to join us. So tell us, first of all, what all the Iowa Soybean Association is involved in. First of all, the association is powered by the soybean checkoff. That's where we get our money to, to do programs and research and that kind of stuff. So the board is focused on on providing relevant information back to the producer to help improve their bottom line every day and make changes to their operation that can benefit them. Okay, great. So what are some of the programs that you use to help aid in that? There are four main topics and then one that we kind of add in on top, which is uh, ag awareness. Ten years ago, the Iowa Food and Family Project was founded, Mm. and that's kind of under the roof of Iowa Soybean. It just, it engages with food-minded Iowans and actually anybody around the world because of the internet. So we try to connect farmers, crop production, food production with the end consumer and and just engage them and, and tell them our story. Awesome. Then there's four main areas that Iowa Soybean works on. The first is information and education, which is just keeping in touch with our customers, our end users, our consumers, and that. Just awareness to what's going on at Iowa Soybean. The second is market development, which is trying to create new uses, sell products, move the pile of soybeans every year. The next one is production research. Iowa Soybean spends a lot of money and has always been focused on research for products, whether it's new uses or disease prevention, either one. We, We spend a lot of time on research at Iowa Soybean. And the last one would be public affairs. We can't use checkoff dollars for that. So we use industry partners advocate memberships to stay in touch with our legislators and whether that be on the state or national level and try to inform them on topics that are affecting Iowa soybean farmers. Awesome. And it sounds, I mean, my goal today is really to dive into that market development and that uh, public affairs type of thing. But before we really get started on that, um, you just started your new position as we, as we mentioned at the beginning, what would you say are your top goals for this upcoming year? Coming out of the COVID or the pandemic, whatever you want to call it, I would say for Iowa Soybean, we want to get back to visiting our our consumers, our buyers, market development, trying to create new markets for soybeans and get in touch and get our face back in in front of those people that that we haven't seen for two or three years. The other one is international trade. It's a never ending battle, you might say, of is China buying from us? Are they buying from Brazil? Where Where's the next emerging market coming from? Get back focused on that kind of stuff. And last would be research, keeping ahead of what's coming at farmers from disease and that kind of stuff. So 
you those bet. are kind of my focuses. Great, which is the perfect segue into the fact that soybeans are the top traded commodity in the world, right? And for good reason, their demand. You touched on China and some different legislative things. Uh, in particular, my mind goes to the Renewable Fuel Initiative. That continues to be the main driver of that. I'd like to dig into each of them. So let's let's start with the Renewable Fuel okay. uh, Initiative. What types of impacts do you see coming forward? With the carbon markets and everybody wanting to move away from petroleum products to for the environmental effects, biodiesel is one of the shining stars. It has a lot to offer. The consumption is going to go projected from 3.2 billion gallons to 3.8. Oh, wow. So that's roughly 12 billion pounds of oil to be used in biodiesel in the next year. To me, that that is a positive. It's a win-win. It's homegrown. It wasn't that long ago that the oil for us was a byproduct and we didn't have a use for it. Right. It's going to shortly could outpace meal demand to where we're crushing beans for the oil, not for the meal. Sure. So we're kind of at the cusp of, are, are we going to change the dynamics in the soybean market? Yeah. And for the soybean farmer, that's not a bad thing. Right. It's all demand. It all uses product. So which kind of leads into, I mean, that's, that's incredible demand just in this upcoming year, yep. let alone projections have been that we would need 30 million acres of an increase in soybean production to meet the longer term growth goals that the, the government has put out. Is that accurate? There are a lot of a lot of projections. All I can say is crush capacity is projected to increase 25% in the next three to five years. And normally it's a 3% increase. Sure. So where those soybeans come from, where they end up, I don't know, but the demand will increase. And the Iowa soybean farmer has always worked to feed the world and fuel the world now. We will meet that demand. It's kind of a target that's way out there, but we've just got to, it's ever changing and we'll We'll see where that ends up. Figure out how we need, how we're actually yes. going to meet that demand. Yes. I mean, and you see all these different soybean processing plants popping up all over the place to try to fulfill that capacity. And right. then it's now back on the farmer to fulfill the demand that they'll yep. have for that as well. Yep. Um, how do you, uh, this is kind of a one-off off part of that too, but you mentioned, you know, seeing how that oil versus meal market goes. Do you see, do you see that where part of the acres come from is just the fact that we're maybe not exporting as many whole beans and we're exporting meal or something along those lines and crushing so much of that for the oil domestic, kind of like we see in Argentina right now. Right. AGP is working on expanding their port of Grays Harbor. They're going to double their capacity for meal exports oh, wow. out of Grays Harbor. Let's see. It was in June. We were in D.C. and we met with the Maritime Association to explain to them EGP applied for a grant. Yeah. And we tried to tried to convey the picture that this isn't just going to benefit Washington State. This is going to benefit everybody in between with the demand for this meal that's coming out of the Midwest at these plants. Sure. So it's going to benefit the center of the United States. It's going to benefit Washington State. It's a there's a huge value chain involved in that to increase. The, the meal shipments to other countries. Absolutely. Interesting. Very interesting. So then how do you see that affecting our relationship with China or better yet stated, how do you see our relationship with China evolving? 
From a soybean perspective, the beans have to go somewhere. We would like to send them to China. That's the number one market in the world. So they're going to get them somewhere. And if we can deliver them, our infrastructure is better. Our timeliness is better, sustainable. If we can make that happen, it's good for the Iowa soybean farmer. Okay. Okay. Is there any other big legislative items coming down the pipeline? Farm bill. We would like to try to get the reference price for soybeans raised. Mm. It's the PLC payments never been activated based on the, the price of the... That trigger price. That so trigger price is too low. It needs to be raised more in line with where prices are today. So we're working on on setting that, trying to get that raised in the next farm bill and just working on conservation issues and that kind of stuff to see kind of where they end up. When they come out with a version of it, then we'll see where that aligns with our priorities and start talking to legislators. Okay. Very interesting. So some big item, big ticket items yes. coming as far as that goes. Uh, what else are you hearing from soybean producers about their wants moving forward or their current concerns that they have? Price and yield. It's one and the same, but it's not. Profitability. You know, profitability yep. is always first of mind. Input prices are high right now. Fertilizer prices are as high as they were a year ago. The price of soybeans has slid back some. That's probably the biggest concern producers have is just overall profitability in the coming year. So would you say that that also tends to be the biggest opportunity that producers miss? Or is there something else that you see out there that, that they could be capturing? No, I would say that's probably the one thing that producers for me anyway, lack is that discipline to have a marketing plan and stick with it. And you get caught up in the emotions of the market and this and that. And it seems like today the market swings 70 cents. Ever present. All the time. Yeah. So you're talking huge numbers on revenue per acre in 70 cent swings. And you don't know whether it's just 70 cents or is it 70 cents and another 70 and another 30, yeah. whichever way it goes. So it's really hard to pick a number that this is where I start my plan. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, we're, we're seeing that swing just in this week alone on the upside and the downside. Right. And like you said, just staying disciplined in their approach and how they're, they're coming to market with their product. Yep, yep. Okay. So we've packed a lot of information into a very small amount of time. What point would you like to drive home? Iowa Soybean Association is, is powered by the checkoff. We are driven to deliver results for producers. Our focus is the 40,000 soybean members and growers that are out there. So Awesome. How might those 40,000 people get a hold of you should they want to learn more? <laughs> all, all they have to do is go to IASoybeans.com. If you grow 250 bushel of soybeans, you're eligible for a free membership. You just have to activate it. Oh, okay. So all they have to do is go to IASoybeans.com, activate their membership, and they're a member. That'll get them on the mailing list, the email list, updates, all Keep that kind of stuff. The on stuff. the website, they can see all the research that we do. So that's just a good place to go to, to get information on Iowa soybean. Great to know. You heard it, folks. Randy, thank you very much for taking the time today again and for just enlightening us as to the big ticket items as far as soybeans go. We appreciate it again, and we hope you guys all have a wonderful rest of your day, a great weekend, and uh, looking forward to learning more along these lines. Yep. Thank you, Kristen. It's been enjoyable. Thank you.